Thank you for joining us on the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you with little secrets for your big breakthrough. This podcast is designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, those you love, and others around you so that you can win where it matters most. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations about issues that matter most to you. Now let's get started. Hello, Overcoming Monday listeners. So this is episode 101, 101, Acts Intro Lesson 4. And we're going to be talking today about Luke's purpose and style. Um, my producer here, Mr. Friendly Joe Poe, is making fun of me because we did a sound check earlier and he was like, talk for me. And I said, yo, yo, listen up. This is episode 101 with Joe Poe in the house. <laughs> and he said, if you do that the whole episode, I think we'll have a very successful one. So I just thought, you know, you might as well have a little bit of my personality. Sometimes... People think I'm just all serious. I'm super not all serious, but you just have to like get to know me a little bit for me to feel comfortable being all cray with you. So here we go. Uh, We are doing episode 101, again, Acts Intro Lesson 4. If you download the ebook, that's what you're looking for on my website. And we're talking about Luke's purpose and style. So we've touched... already talked a little bit about who the author is. Obviously, the author that we are um, attributing everything to is Luke. He wrote the gospel and he wrote Acts. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about his purpose and style. So this is going to be a little bit of a long lesson if you're reading the ebook, but I'll try to consolidate as much as I can into this podcast. I'm saying that just to let you know, you'll get a richer amount of information if you actually do go and download and read the ebook. I think you'll love it. So we're going to talk about the purpose of Luke Acts. That's how people a lot of times relate to the two books because they're part one and part two. You'll see it very oftentimes being described as Luke hyphen Acts, Luke hyphen Acts. So they're together. They're considered a full um, volume, a full scripture uh, speaking into each other. We're going to talk about the value in understanding Luke's purpose and the style that he uses to write both Luke and Acts um, so that we can kind of get an idea. So I've touched on this a little bit. Luke is written a little bit more biographical. So what does that mean? It means that Luke is telling a story and it's all centered around a biography of who Jesus is. What does that mean? It means that as Luke is writing, the characters, how they speak and what they speak about, um, the settings, what the, uh, you know, the surroundings and all the things that Luke is giving us a picture of have to do with who Jesus is, why he came and telling the story of him, right? So we talked a little bit about why the authors may not necessarily include their names. Well, it's because it's a biography about Jesus. And I don't know about you, if I was writing a biography about Jesus, I would want him to be the highlighted character and I would probably put myself on the sidelines. So I don't know if I'd put my name in such an important biography if I wanted God to be the center of the story. So 
What we're gonna do is talk about that. Um, Acts is a little bit different than Luke in that it is still a history. It's 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 a sort of biography, but it's a little bit more of what um, scholars like to call a historical monograph. So what does that mean? It means that Luke is considering himself a historian. He is writing still about the history of how Jesus is working in the world. But the monograph means it's not a history about everything. It's a history that's focused in on a certain person and certain events. So a lot of times um, what's happened in the past is people have deb debated whether the Gospels and whether the Bible is an accurate history. And I would have to tell you that it's not the same kind of history that we read today, but it is a form of history, and it is, it is a very specific form of history, and we'll get into that a little bit later. What I want to do first is talk about the beginnings of Luke 1, 1 through 3, and Acts 1, 1 through 11. I've hinted at the fact that they point to each other, and we can tell it's the same author. Um, but we're going to talk about what we see in those scriptures, and I'm actually going to read some of it. So don't tune me out. I'm reading from the ESV. So let me read Luke 1, 1 through 3 first, and we'll talk about the similarities. Verse 1 says, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative, so we know that he's trying to compile a narrative, that's a story of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us. It seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. So in this passage, we actually see Luke saying why he's writing and what his purpose is. So let's look at this, okay? We're going to look at it together. He basically says he's trying to compile a narrative that many people have already done this. So according to many scholars and historians, like um, past fathers, patristic fathers, early church fathers, what we know is that there were some other narratives that were written and most people believe that Mark was the first one. And so a lot of people believe that Luke used Mark as one of his like um, sources when he was writing this narrative. Some also believe he used Matthew. So um, there's also always debate about these things, but I wanna let you know that that's what he's talking about here. He says, I wanna compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word that has been delivered to us. So he's saying, I've already read other accounts, but I wanna write one too. And what am I writing about? Well, he says of the things that have been accomplished among us. So what he's saying is the things that have been accomplished or sometimes the wording is fulfilled. So that points to specific stuff. It points to promises that God has fulfilled in who Jesus is and what Jesus is doing and what is happening on the earth as Jesus is born, as he ministers, as he dies, as he resurrects, as he ascends into heaven, and now Acts is a continuation of what is still being fulfilled, what is still being accomplished. So that's what Luke is saying. He's saying, 
I am using the sources that have been here, the things that have been written, Mark and Matthew, but also he's interviewing eyewitnesses. That's how we know, that's how he ends up writing his narrative. He interviews people. So he says, those from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. They delivered it to us. Now it seems good to me because I have followed all things closely for some time to also write an orderly account for you. So here's all the things that we see in this. <laughs> Luke is saying, I have used eyewitnesses. Things have been fulfilled and accomplished. This is an orderly account. And who's it to? This person named Theophilus. And why is he writing it? That you may have certainty concerning, concerning the things you have been taught. So some scholars believe the Theophilus is an actual person. I believe the majority of them do. Some say it's just basically Theophilus is a representation for believers during Luke's time, like someone who would be pursuing knowing God and, have, and wanting that certainty of what had happened in Jesus, evidence of that. So Luke is writing I believe specifically to a person. And I believe that Theophilus was probably an influential person that may have been paying or helping Luke um, survive, you know, like giving him sustenance and provision while he's writing this book so that he could concentrate on it. Possibly that's the case. We don't know that for sure, but I would say that he was like someone who I would, you know, kind of hired Luke to do this, right? So Luke's interviewing people. He's looking at sources. He's compiling all this information. He's there for part of this ministry with Paul, and he's writing an orderly account. Why do I say all of this? Because Luke is taking this thing seriously. He's not just haphazardly putting things um, onto the page. He has researched he has interviewed. He's been there for parts of this, and he is trying to give assurance to Theophilus and to other believers. I think he's he's not going to put so much time into something if he thinks it's just for one person. So Luke's writing to all people who need evidence that Jesus came and what happened as a result of him coming. What is happening as a result of God fulfilling all of his promises? And so that's, when we look for application, I think this is one thing we can specifically apply. Are you someone who wants assurance of who Jesus was and why he came? Because if you are, you're just like Theophilus. You're part of Luke's audience where you're gonna read this book and his purpose to writing the book is to assure you that things did happen. So Luke saw himself as a historian, but it was a theological history pointed on specifically the life of Jesus and a continuation of how Jews had always written about God in the Old Testament. So he's writing a theocracy. It's about God, but he's talking about it within a certain culture. And that culture is the believers and their environment after Jesus ascended. So now we're going to continue. Okay, that was Luke. Now we're looking at Acts. So I'm going to read the beginning of Acts. And think about how similar this sounds. Verse 1 of Acts 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus, this is the key word, began to do and teach. 
So from the beginning, when Jesus was born, all he began to do and teach. So he's saying, even after Jesus ascended, that wasn't the end of his teaching. It's still continuing. But how is it continuing? Until the day he was taken up, and now we get some new information that hasn't been given yet. It wasn't given in Luke. We're getting some new stuff in Acts. It says, um, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles who he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. Um, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, this is the disciples, Lord, at this time are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus said, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So here's what this beginning is saying. Okay, y'all ready? This is so good. It is saying that Luke was the beginning of all Jesus did. Then in Acts, we find out that he stayed with them for 40 days and he taught them about the kingdom of God. So this is the resurrected Jesus interacting with the disciples and all the people who followed him, teaching them <laughs> about the kingdom of God. So he's teaching them about the kingdom of God, and this is before his ascension. So I think he's probably answering all their questions. I'm sure they had a ton. You know, the disciples all scatter when he dies, and they don't know what's going on. And then when he's resurrected, they see him through the, you know, when he comes to uh, Jesus and Peter and everybody at the shore in Galilee, they see that he's alive. Well, Jesus continues to teach them. He shows them proof that he's alive. He shows them his hands, that there are scars. He eats. He shows them he is a living and, and he's not a ghost. He's an actual resurrected person, but he's in a resurrected body, but he is also God. Complex, I know, I get it, but it is so exciting because we see that Jesus is saying he's shown proof that he's alive. For 40 days, he teaches about the kingdom of God. They're all there. And now he's telling them, now, before I go, you need to go to Jerusalem. And you need to wait for the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit coming is the next step in this whole process of how you will do what? You will continue to carry the message that Jesus began through the power of the Holy Spirit. And where will they do this? It says in the end, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So Jesus is gonna continue to fulfill promises, God's promises through the disciples. What we need to know is that some promises of God are in an already but not yet state. You're gonna hear me say that a lot. God fulfills promises, and it's not always uh, completed in one moment. It can be partially completed. 
and still being lived out. And there will be one day when all things are completed and that is the end of the age. That's when Jesus returns. But right now we're in this in-between time where he is king, he is ruling and reigning, but he's doing it through us in an imperfect earth. One day it will all be complete and there will be no more waiting. We are waiting right now. We're in an already but not yet state. We have already seen the promises of God if we're believers, but it hasn't quite been completed. So there's one more thing or two more things I want to teach you. I want to ask you this. Why do you think we should trust Luke? He's an ancient writer. Why do we trust him? Why do we trust he wrote an orderly account? So let me list some things. He's not an eyewitness. So he tells you that from the beginning. He's honest. He's like, look, I wasn't there for part of this, but what have I used? I've used sources from people who were eyewitnesses. He also interviews and talks to some of these witnesses, and he forms his book based on that. Part of it he is present for. We see that later on, what I've already talked about in the last podcast, and Acts 16, we see that he is using the verbs, uh, the pronouns, we, us. And so he is present in that moment. His intention is that he wants to strengthen faith and provide an orderly account. So he's telling you from the beginning, this is trustworthy. And I'm writing this so that Theophilus will be strengthened. So we can receive it knowing that he's not trying to confuse us. He's trying to give us something that we can hold on to and know that it's real. His writing ability. The quality and proficiency of Luke's writing is very excellent. It shows that he's well-educated. Ed and honestly, um, I've been taking Greek. His, his use of language is much more complicated than some of the other um, writers. And so you see that Luke is using a wide vocabulary, like a lot of words. He's very um, elevated in his ability to record history. Some say to the level of Josephus, if you know anything about Josephus, who was a historian at the time. And also, here's the other thing, he's modest in his writing. A lot of historians during this time actually um, would take speeches and take certain parts of their writings and try to blow it up into exasperated stories and you can hear their voice and they're using flowery language and like speeches were the place where the author said now's my chance to show off luke doesn't do that his speeches are very modest and so we'll look at that later on too so i just wanted to leave you with that i wanted to leave you with some of these thoughts um, there are many other things that I could say right now, but I wanted you to know that Luke, his intention, his purpose, and his intention shows us that we can trust him. I hope that you feel like you can. Um, I've researched this a lot, and Luke has become one of my favorite authors in the Bible, and I actually feel like he tries so hard to tell you the truth of what's happening in a very, like, down-to-earth manner, but also in a way that is trustworthy. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Overcoming Monday. I hope this has given you some information that you needed to be able to trust the Bible, to be able to trust Luke. Um, this 
is an episode where my goal was to give you little secrets for your big breakthrough. And what is the big breakthrough with this? It's to be able to help you to trust the Bible, the legitimacy of the Bible, so that you can grow in your faith. Um, I'd love to hear your feedback. And if you have any questions, feel free to contact me on DMing me on at Overcoming Monday on Instagram. And also you can send me an email, shari at shariking.com. All right. I'll talk to you later.